how are we going to start? We, we start as we always do, uh, halfway through a conversation where we make the other one laugh. <laughs> Here we are. See? Welcome to the podcast. That's how it works. That's um, how this thing works. It's good to be here. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think it's really important, just quickly, I don't know if we're now recording, but just say to the listeners that I hope uh, Richard consciously um, reduces my level in the mix in general or find some sort of audio editing software to be able to maybe make my laugh, like my laughs, my, my laugh peaks lower because I feel, and I actually possess this laugh, but I feel it's kind of one of the worst noises. One of the worst noises ever. From a studio engineering point of view, yeah, you, your laughs do peak slightly too high. <laughs> Again, uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Just going to have to apologise each time I enjoy something Richard said. Bring it down about t- about five five decibels. That'd be great. <laughs> so we're having... It's a big it's it's a big election special on uh, this, let's say, week's uh, Demagogle Box. On our um, official first podcast. On our official, <laughs> on our official first podcast, big election special. We'll be talking, I think, probably for the whole episode about the Richmond by-election. Um, obviously, yeah, a lot to talk good. about very there. Good. Lots to talk about there. Very funny little jokes. Obviously, we will not be talking about that at all. You know, I, I, I thought you, you got any material <laughs> about that. I've, oh, I looked it up. I mean, the material is that I might go and campaign for the Liberal Democrats simply to stop Zach Goldsmith regaining that seat because he's a horrible man. Um, he is a horrible man. That's fine. Although I think I think most of his horribleness was just to try and inspire voters for the London. I don't really know what his plan was. Right, right. So he was. Yeah. So it's less that he's horrible, just more that he mistakenly thought a highly racist campaign would do very well in Britain's most yeah. diverse city. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that he's trying to make it a referendum on Heathrow when Theresa May has, uh, in cowardly fashion, not run a candidate, an official Conservative candidate, against him. Yeah. And the other main candidate is also anti-Heathrow. So it's not really a referendum on Heathrow because both the people who are going to win are against Heathrow. Yeah, they are are playing a cowardly game just now. Oh, man, politics is so fucked up right now. Like, I mean... Welcome to the podcast! (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. I mean, hey, I was going to... So I was going to bring up... Uh, bring my way. Did you listen to my audio for my gig? I actually haven't yet because of everything uh, that's happened. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I kind of wanted this podcast to deconstruct exactly what went wrong. We can uh, do that. We can do that now. I'd, I would like to, I can do that later today and we can do that next episode. Fuck okay. it. Let's, fuck it. Let's make this daily because that's what everyone's, everyone's <laughs> baying for a daily demagogue box. <laughs> oh my God. The, the gig was so bad. Let's... Let's try and minimise the extent to which this descends into two comedians kind of um, sadomasochistically reminiscing about bad gigs because as much as we would enjoy that. Um, I would also like to say when he said the word comedians, I immediately thought we should put that in sort of, uh, sort of buddy ear speech marks. But then I realised pretty much everything we say on this podcast you should consider within its own parathetical framework. You know, we are avoiding the central issue so far of what we will be talking about, I guess, over the next four years, eight years. (laughs) The rest of life, of of the rest of intelligent life on this planet. People aren't considering that it's it's probably going to be an eight-year he won't win re-election simply because the world will already be destroyed. <laughs> All American democracy. That's what people haven't considered. 
the main thing against him this well not the main thing there was plenty of reasons not to vote for him the one of the main things from a from a purely rational basis is that he has no experience in office four years later he's gonna have four years as a president <laughs> so you're saying that you're saying he's like one of those it's that always that cliche about which baseball player you get do you get the if they're both at the same level but what about the one who hasn't been trained properly, hasn't had the experience? That's Trump. Trump has managed to get to the world's most powerful position with no yeah. political experience. So imagine four years of political experience. He'll be unstoppable. Yeah. Is that what your argument is? I'm yeah. just thinking more like, again, still unemployed. Being president <laughs> of the White House would be one hell of a thing to put on your CV. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Especially <laughs> if you're running for the same job. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> what, what on earth would four years' time even look like right now? You know? Oh, anyway, let's start. So the big news of the week. <laughs> Sorry. What, what, is the, what is the big news this week, Alex? Um, well, John Lewis have brought out their new Christmas <laughs> advert. So obviously that's big, big news in the, um, in the, I, in the world. I heard um, about this, isn't it? It's, it's a dog with a gun in its mouth, isn't it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I think the really important thing, I just wrote down, I tried to write down a list of good things about this election and I managed... Mm-hmm three bullet points one of which is john lewis not the thing annoying me most this week because usually my my deal is i never watch the john lewis advert until somehow there's like a moment where it's impossible for me to sort of avert like it's in a cinema or something and i'm i've got i've got clockwork orange style no choice but i sort of which happens every year for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I also have a list of positives. So should we go into our list of positives? Yeah, I've also got humanity not going to be destroyed by super intelligent machines. Just a rag suicide. Just your classic common or garden nuclear <laughs> suicide. In a similar way, like suddenly climate science is disputed because we're never going to reach that far. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna die that way. Well, yeah, and we're gonna reach a, we're gonna have a nuclear winter, so that's probably going to. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, fuck it. On an ecological level, maybe a nuclear winter is a smart thing to do in a sense that might, you know, it's not going to stop us hitting four hundred parts per million, but obviously the extra uh, cloud cover and things will mean that the temperature rapidly does cool, and uh, we've got another chance, don't we? I mean, that is kind of... This is Gaia theory, isn't it? Coming through. Gaia, Gaia. It's definitely Gaia. But that would the be... World that's, that's the classic... evolving to that's destroy the, itself. Yeah, that's the slam in ecological conferences with, like, nine-year-olds, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's Gaia theory. That's what they... The very mature debates they have. I, I've written down here as a positive, I will never in my lifetime have to pay back my student loan. That's yeah. That's quite a good... But I'm... Uh, we can all uh, enjoy that benefit. Whenever my parents are like, yeah, but you know, how how are you gonna? What, what's your pension gonna look like doing this comedy stuff? I'm like, I'm realistically, not. I don't. I'm not. It's not even really gallows humor. I just think probabilistically, what if I'm gonna still be alive in fifty years time? No, no. Come on. Yeah. Well, you, you keep going with your list of good things if you have them. The next series of Black Mirror is gonna be really dark. I think that's gonna be like they're gonna they're gonna like. <laughs> You know how you have writer prompts and sometimes like, oh, Twitter, how does that change the world? Trump is going to be the baseline for every episode, mm. you know, and it's on top of that, like what the fuck is going to happen? I think that's going to be good. I disagree. I think Black Mirror is going to be really light because it's now, reality is now so dark that instead before Black Mirror would taunt us with the horror that our future would, be, would become and now Black mm-hmm. Mirror is taunting us with the 
goodness that we could have had if we didn't choose the horrible reality that we're now in. <laughs> or alternatively, it's going to remain dark and just be the next West Wing, the kind of the liberal fantasy that people hold on to as if those eight years actually happened. Mm. And we'll just have to watch that and um, burn our furniture <laughs> just to stay warm. <laughs> You can burn your furniture, mate. I'm keeping. I'm burning. I'm burning other stuff. What are you burning? Your dick. <laughs> sure. I sure. I feel like it's not going to provide sufficient fire fuel for very long. And that's not even a. That's not even a like. Ah, ha, 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 what a tiny cock I have joke. It's just like even if I have a very large penis, that's like yeah. less than an evening's wood burning. That's just like that's just not. Regardless, regardless of cock length, it's more like kindling, though, isn't it? Really, well, sure. It's more to start, yeah, the fire. you say that as if it's a bad thing. You've got to light that fire somehow. If you, have, you know, yeah. and also with your dick on the fire, you're already closer to the warmth. You kind of need less fire to keep right. warm in that way. So, I my penis remains attached to my body when I'm lighting this fire. What you're going to cut it off, you monster? <laughs> Other good news, I think there was a headline I enjoyed, which just said. Uh, Lobbyists alarmed by drain the swamp plan. <laughs> just like just, drain, baby, drain. Uh, turkeys worried by mega Christmas plan. <laughs> like <laughs> it's difficult given the founding fathers did. Washington is literally built on a swamp. Like that is. A, he's already he's already appointed a climate change denier to the EPA. So oh, the list of who he's appointed is already like. It's like you know instead of draining the swamp, he's hired swamp thing. For every for every single <laughs> role. Other good news: New Year's resolutions for 2017 are going to be really low, like really easy to beat. All we have to do is only have ten well-loved celebrities die, and we can all succeed. <laughs> right, and that will be a good year. There's not going to be and and two cataclysmic political events. That's like well, that's cutting out. So it's like we're not giving up smoking. We're just like we're trying to become social smokers, social democracy ruiners. <laughs> Just ruining social democracy. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's kind of like, my New Year's resolution is I'm not going to give up smoking, but I'm only going to smoke borrowed cigarettes. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any political events. There's there's no major, in terms of the UK and US. I mean, Le Pen becoming French president wouldn't be, you know, that would be sub-ideal, I think. Sub-ideal. Yeah, yeah. pretty sub-ideal. Although, alternatively to that, I'm quite excited, because you've already got, Hollandaise. I wonder what Le Penaise is going to be like. <laughs> like a new sauce. No, that's pasta, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is yeah. Cool. Any other thing? Oh, I've got another one here. Uh, a positive. Imagining all those world leaders who are going to have to meet Donald Trump. Uh, the Queen having to invite him over for dinner. Theresa May being snubbed as we speak. And then I like the image of Putin probably sitting next to Donald Trump at every UN meeting, <laughs> openly playing with his balls. And, <laughs> And Trump can't do a damn thing about it. I was saying that in the, in the day sort of before, saying that if he did win, a positive would be that just state meetings with Trump is going to it's going to be funny. It's just crazy. It is madness. So you just mentioned you just mentioned uh, the sort of snubbing of Theresa May. We could talk a little bit about that. Talk about the special relationship as two twatty little Brits uh, trying to talk about the American election. Um, <laughs> yeah, two, you two twatty little Brits being uh, one of my favourite uh, 90s boy bands um, <laughs> made that up made that up, no such band I saw I saw uh, a an article which talked about Farage being the go-between 
presumably is the only man toxic enough to be able to tolerate interaction with both Theresa May and Donald Trump. Um, That's not true. That's not true. I have been following James Denningpole on Twitter. <laughs> oh, please. Let's not. It's, it's too just, early to talk about James Denningpole. It's just the worst. I don't think there's ever been a time late enough to talk about James Denningpole. Um, we're relying on Liam Fox's connections in the Republican Party, so that's good. Just... <laughs> He called Theresa May late, somewhere between about the ninth or the eleventh uh, country to be called when typically Britain's one of the very first that a president elects calls. Um, the list of countries called before us. Some papers were sort of comically like, "Oh, he called all these other countries," but you know, most of them were either significant powers or sort of in important geopolitical areas. So your Egypt's, your Turkey's, and I think he called I the head the the the, the Tasak of. Is it Tausak? Oh God, of Ireland um, to talk about the St Patrick's Day party. <laughs> I love that. Just like the idea that that it was. Yeah, we called the Irish first, but to be fair, that was just to check that the St Patrick's Day party was still on at the White House. And I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't seem a high. I think by all means, call Ireland. Call Ireland first, but just that doesn't seem a high priority reason. But all, after uh, after all this, right? So this was um, the the Brits being worried that uh, we'd lost the pecking order in the special relationship. Uh, and one of Trump's sources close to Mr. Trump insist, actually, that the order of the calls was random. And <laughs> with any other world leader, I would think, well, that's just something that they have put out as a smokescreen. In reality, the relationship is in trouble. But I can believe that the order was random with Donald Trump. I can believe... That they were just yeah Egypt yeah Turkey yeah Ireland that's See, yeah I don't know if you're if you're ever go doing rounds at a bar and someone's ordered the Guinness you order that Guinness first because it takes a long time for that that <laughs> head to settle you know maybe that's what he was thinking he's just uh, maybe he thinks because he's the president now that there's like a really good Guinness that takes months to settle <laughs> and he just wants to get that order in first and the codes are really about the, the, that famous irish guinness <laughs> um, uh, but what was what was your point yeah no i think you're probably right yeah it's i can i can imagine him being on a website and going to he should have just done it in alphabetical order like on a drop down menu yeah and, and when you accidentally like, say that you were from afghanistan or something yeah and you didn't <laughs> You're just lazy, just like, yeah, whatever. And it's shipping, or like, you it's know ship, when he shipping in, to St. Charles Square, Afghanistan, rather than London. You're like, no. Like, sometimes when you fill it in and it's like, ugh, it's just America, Canada at the top. So you type in United and it's like, United Arab Emirates. It's like, no, I have to add the extra K. <laughs> That's so annoying. Uh, but apparently, from what I've heard, he's still not taught to her. I think he has now. Has he? Yeah. He said that oh, it's good. just, the quote was something like, who are you? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, the UK holds a, a very, very special place for me in my country. And just like with all the basic stupidity and bigotry that that man represents, it still does bowl me over that they've elected a president not only who thinks the intensifier very is appropriate to use, but also that how mm -hmm. somehow that he would say a very, very special place for me. Just, just imagine moving rhetorically from Obama to Trump. He doesn't even know what a superlative is. 
yeah, a special a special place for me would be fine. <laughs> a <laughs> a very, 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 very special place. Special place. Uh, hey, look, I think it's terrible that you ever one would ever look at uh, someone's grammar as being a negative. You know, I think that's a very dangerous politics to get in. Uh, you know, it's unfair to accuse someone of being grammatically wrong. However, <laughs> the, the list that it does not include Donald Trump's grammar is huge. Uh, Boris Johnson said that the European Union needed to snap out of this doom and gloom and win Jarama, which is one of my least favourite Matt Groening TV shows. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Angela Merkel's reaction to Trump, where she said, obviously, she congratulated him and wanted to work with him, but also wanted him to sort of observe the rule of law and avoid discrimination. Some uh, unknown Whitehall source said that we are seeing Europe at its elitist worst. Heaven forfend. (laughs) Heaven forfend someone holds up the rule of law and discrimination. Rule of law and discrimination is really the, the... the the wine and cheese evening of valleys apparently it's just a decadent bourgeois thing that we shouldn't take much notice of so that's good did you say white hall horse did i say white hall horse <laughs> white hall horse um do you want to what do the horses think of this all i hope for their sake that they truly aren't conscious because otherwise they will um will we have to shoot hillary in the face now is that what happens <laughs> speaking of horses is that how this works? Because she, if she wants to she, be shot in the face, you know, I don't know we if that's should, an, I don't think a choice anymore. America has spoken. Like I, I, I don't know. I've not checked his platform, but I'm pretty sure shooting Hillary in the face was one of his core uh, mandates. Yeah, yeah. It was lock her up, crooked and Hillary. Shoot her in the... Who knew? Uh, so yeah, um, I mean, none of my points have any order. Uh, Ted Cruz, come back. All is forgiven. Maybe all's forgiven. It's un. It's unclear. Sorry, that's such a. That's such a. That's <laughs> such a serious point to a joke point. Aren't, aren't you genuinely? Aren't we? We're now genuinely hoping that Donald Trump. The one positive about Donald Trump is that maybe he just isn't beholden to people, and maybe he will just completely fuck over people that have voted for him and not do a lot of the particularly bigoted stuff that he was talking about. We're we're actively hoping for Donald Trump to be a colossal liar now. That's I mean, yeah, there is that. We do know he's a liar, so at least we can hold him to that. He's not going to change himself. Whereas Ted Cruz would have done absolutely <laughs> to his word. Yeah. So Wednesday, the 9th of November, the day on which we woke up to the glorious news of our Führer. Um, well, let's quick let's quickly talk about that. Did you wake up to the news? Did you not stay up? Oh, watching I absolutely the results could not stay up because I knew exactly what was going to happen. I, you know. Oh, oh, oh! Here, oh, Prophet Hanrahan. No, 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 here not we Prophet, go. Not Prophet Hanrahan. Uh, just doom and gloom, Mister Cynic. Uh, right, right. Like just it, there was an inevitability to it. it. Like there was, it felt like the the worst kind of Christmas Eve, the opposite of Christmas Eve, where instead of like excitement, <laughs> it was just pure dread all day. Or just Christmas Eve when you know in your heart of hearts you were you were a naughty boy yeah. and you don't even believe in Santa anymore, but you just know your parents are going to give you coal anyway <laughs> <laughs> because you're Harry Potter and you live under the stairs. Uh, yeah, except yeah. for you, there is no magic oh, in the world. A fifty p piece in a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so oh, the Wednesday was a year's anniversary to the day that I failed my Viva. 
So it's all, it was already going to be a very uh. low point for me anyway. And the night before, of course, I had this really terrible gig, which I, like, I, I don't think I died very much like worse than that in my comedy career. And it'd be entirely potentially my fault as opposed to like, oh, a really strange audience or like, it wasn't like a, a dangerous room. I, I, it was I'm just, now weirdly looking forward to hearing this recording. It's so, I mean, man. We'll, we'll, we'll put up on the podcast, guys. Um. <laughs> There's a bit where I try and, I, I talk about um, how bringing a new TV into your house is like, for a man, like bringing a baby into the house and you like prepare a new area. And it's supposed to be a clever, like, but slightly dark and you get upset with the TV and stuff. And I ended up just doing this mime on stage and like having this like, <laughs> like it became a, like a dramatic monologue between these two characters. None of it was written. And then like I kept on trying to do these things to try and bring people back. Like usually I have my charming improv to just kind of get people on side again, no matter what the joke is. But they just didn't trust me at all. And so there was just <laughs> one bit where I was just talking about Trump and then suddenly like, what, what if he's my dad? <laughs> And, and, I, and I was like, there's a bit, genuinely, where I've gone into a TV shop with Donald Trump as my dad, and he's telling me which TV to buy. And no one's, no one's, no one in the audience is responding in any way apart from like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm clutching at every single straw possible. Uh, it's, it's, it's something else. So in a way, I kind of knew then, given that reality is purely subjective, uh, that we weren't going to enter a world in which Hillary uh, was was queen. But it's funny because, I mean, it's not funny at all, obviously. Um, <laughs> and no satirical podcast <laughs> will ever be the same. God, I'm glad we found the tagline for our podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny at all, uh, actually. But like, un- but exactly, unlike Brexit, you were, we were saying like pre-podcast, Brexit, you wake up and I was like, what? This is mad. I just spent all day on Twitter uh for this one i was there was a sense of deja vu and i wrote like one or two things on twitter and i was like no i know this doesn't do anything this doesn't make me feel better i won't mope on mm. twitter and see however however else is repeating the same jokes or else there's nothing that could be said that hadn't already been said six months earlier or how, oh, not fucking hell it wasn't even six months there was n- no one was bringing anything new months. really it was just now that there was Americans doing it as well. I was like, well, okay, let's, let's try and... Th- I just wanted to speak about it rationally and think about it. In many ways, how deluded were we? The, the, the DMC had put up this candidate, which who the, was... The, let's, let's, be, let's be very clear. The, the DNC, not run DMC, as I think you actually <laughs> said the DMC, which is... No, 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 run DMC. Very, so you know, a... We can talk about run DMC <laughs> uh, on another podcast, but... <laughs> We do, uh, listeners of Demagogue Box may not know this, but me and Keely actually run our own Run DMC podcast in which every week we uh, try and listen to hip hop and we just we just don't get it. <laughs> we just don't get it. Um, <laughs> yep. It's called um, it's called the DMC DMZ and we're actually not allowed to listen to DMC because <laughs> it's run a DMZ. DMC demilitarized zone. So it's a real, it's actually a very flawed <laughs> podcast conceptually. Well, one of the things, one of the, 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 the endearing images for me is the last day Hillary Clinton did this mannequin video. Uh, the idea yeah. being like, I, what was the tagline? Vote so we don't get, so we don't stop or something, or don't stop voting. And then they, they did this freeze frame video where it was like a shit version of Matrix, where 
just people on, on, a, on a plane having a good time. And Bon Jovi's just like hanging out with, with Hillary Clinton. But I, this felt to me like this is what they had in them. They'd been waiting weeks to do this. They'd been planning this one video for fucking ages and go, this is going to be the best fucking meme ever. In hindsight, it's this video where Hillary's literally just doing nothing. Nothing. On this final day where really major areas of democratic control were just overturned gently by Trump rhetoric and the their entire polling strategy was completely off they'd they'd taken away like all their funds from down ballot things and it made you realize just like oh hang on we the only hope for the democratic party was in winning the presidential election they didn't have any hope in the house or in the senate so you've got to think how fucking out of touch is the that party with the american people if it couldn't even contest those things like it wasn't a mathematical impossibility it was simply that they knew they were going to lose in these places it's like why weren't you trying pro like properly and then you see uh trump so before i went to bed i was like oh okay things are going okay uh the first things have been cool but they were like fairly republican states and donald trump's team had already sent out an email saying like oh we're extremely unhappy with how the republican party has dealt with this campaign they've not provided us funds and what it turns out is you had two different teams running for the Republicans. You had the Donald Trump campaign purely working for the presidential race, which probably traditionally the current demographics would suggest the Republicans couldn't win. Like econom economically and also anti-incumbency, people want change. It was always a winnable election for the Republicans sure, yeah. if they chose but, but a reasonable candidate. What it the meant theory was, was that it was an unwinnable election with Trump as a candidate. And I mean, he did, he did lose, like in the sense that more people, more people voted for Hillary Clinton on Tuesday. Well, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Not that it matters. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. But the point, you know, the point I was making Donald was Trump that Trump should be losing in the Electoral College as well. You have the Republican Party who were doing intensive data stuff on the ground and doing all the down ballot stuff and supporting those candidates. So you had these two pronged attacks that weren't working together particularly well. But they ended up doing a particularly strong job within what was, you know, being done, and it it's kind of staggering well, just how well run. It's all and he had and he had the the whole of the the like the liberal press saying like, well, this is going to be a complete mindfuck for the Republican Party. It's the end of the Republican Party. How are they going to cope with this move when all that could possibly have happened was Hillary would have won the presidency and she would have had a Senate and a House against her control. And, and it was the Republicans that were supposed to be in disarray, um, which was in itself was like, oh, hang on. Like, yeah. we've not been treating this election with any sense of, like, honesty and sincerity that we've really needed. And I know it's not really a wake-up call for a lot of people because I, like, there is a lot of distrust around policies. I, Hillary wasn't a particularly strong candidate, obviously, She's fucking miles better than Trump. But you saw, if, you, if you've seen that, that graph going around, which is a bit erroneous, but still, about the, the falling vote. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. But Trump's vote is down on well, there's Romney, loads of and she still couldn't win. Yeah, so that's like that's one of the things that, that people need to bear. People will say, like, oh, it was the, you know, the, downtr the downtrodden rising up. Well, no, it was like a depressed Democrat turnout, part of that low enthusiasm, but also some of that, like, the, you know... The Supreme Court, you know, te tearing down, striking down bunches of the the Voting Rights Act, mm -hmm. and um, so quite possibly a lot of, you know, and, uh, 
a lot a lot of black people not being able to vote in a lot of key swing states and you know that republican state officials have always have deliberately engineered policies to minimize black turnout that you know they they mostly been clever in most states to try and phrase in different ways and not but you know there are plenty of leaks of I think in I think it's North Carolina where they were stupid enough to basically say how can we minimize black turnout yeah. laws can we do that and you know the de- you know very quickly after this Supreme Court decision a lot of rubbish rules were were brought in mm. rubbish rules being the technical political term obviously yeah. for... I a lot of what I want to say is is about what does this mean I just I, I I'm just going to also um, just to, if we if we're doing the serious stuff I'm going to come back at you against one or two of those points as well very quickly which is that. So you talk about the Democrats not taking seriously the kind of um, uh, legislative parts of this election. Well, the House, due to kind of state-level gerrymandering, because uh, they apportion House districts for the the, the Washington, D.C. federal uh, House of House of Representatives, that's all apportioned at a local state level on by partisan committees. So if you control state government, you control how things are redistricted. Sure. So, so they, they never Democrats, as it stands, Democrats can win the vote in effectively the national legislative election and lose the seats held and not have a majority. That's that's happened in recent well, I know, years. I know Democrats that. have had a slight majority in votes cast, but Republicans have had have retained a House majority. One of Obama's big things, supposedly after the end of his presidency, was to try and address this. Yeah. God knows what he'll do. Whether that is the best priority, I don't know. Making sure the whole genuinely try and... Ha- I don't know. God knows. Well, I, the thing is with the gerrymandering is like, yeah, it's really bad, but the Dems could have done more to... Like, like Hillary was literally taking funds away from down-ballot votes. And she was... Pl- they were... Like this is another really important point about what happened with Trump's campaign. But I think that's the correct. But I think that's correct. It, given that she lost, the, the more she maybe she should have done that. More, I don't know. They had to. They had to win the presidency, and they've lost. But it's not. But Trump spending on 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 advertising was like minuscule. Less. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't have a single campaign. Hillary must have been plowing funds into so yeah. many things, and it was a complete waste of money. It wasn't changing anything. And it, you look at the stats for um, uh, on the exit poll data. People who have made their decisions up weeks ago, they like they weren't being changed by these campaigns. I thought that I thought late late deciders broke m- much more for Trump. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Part of the date was a bit annoying because it didn't tell you how many of each group there were. It just said of the people that were male, this is how many. You know, I mean, basically, people. I mean, I think the most incredible thing is something like what was it? 65 percent of people said that Trump was temperamentally sort of unfit for office. Yeah, but obviously. Fifty percent, roughly, yeah. voted for for Trump. So a good many people who believe Trump to be unfit for office still voted for him to be president. <laughs> well, in a way, yeah, maybe that's who people want in president: someone who's detached from reality. I don't know. Well, to, well, uh, I I enjoyed in Obama's meeting with Trump. A White House spokesman said that the meeting went well when you consider the profound differences between the two men. <laughs> um, <laughs> Obama still said after the meeting he had not changed his view that Trump was temperamentally unfit to be commander in chief and uniquely unqualified. And I like uniquely unqualified because it sounds like a tongue twister, personally. I think I think people are, people underestimate Trump's inexperience. Many rightly claim he has never served in public office, uh, but more forget that he's never actually paid taxes either. So he is he is very much uniquely underqualified. 
for this role. <laughs> there was a look of Boris Johnson about him, like when he was sat in the White House with with with, with Donald Trump. And then Seth Morrison said it well. Is like when he has to build this wall, like he I don't think he realizes how long this wall has to be. You know, it's like mm. the the gargantuan nature of this task is huge. Well, the wall's the wall's going to be a good thing because that was such a key. That is such a key promise. It's so clearly undeliverable that at least that's that's going to be quite a, a clear and almost healthy way that people are demonstrably let down by him. Yeah, but then, like, look, in four years' time, if Bernie Sanders is running or something like that, he stands there and says, Donald, where's this wall that you promised? Where's this wall? What's he going to say? I promised that I will build this wall. You know, it's not a thing that necessarily you can hold against him because you don't want it to happen. I mean, I agree. It's it's definitely like a point. Like this man has not done what he you said. You called all. You called your running mate, your 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 opponents, lying Ted Cruz and crooked Hillary. Yet you have knowingly Which promised unachievable such shit. Superhero names. They're so lame rhetorically. Crooked Hillary. It's like. It's a really lame name for her. You know, doesn't even rhyme. Doesn't have any. It has nothing. I think crooked Hillary is their Brexit. Like a horrible phrase that just somehow works with. Yeah, I, d- I mean, you were talking about the difference, and I'm just so, I'm so much less personally. My my mental health is so much comparatively better than after Brexit because I just like knew that this was like a possibility. My level of surprise is so much less. Yeah, and I just I don't know. Maybe I've just moved to full gallows humor, where it's just like it really is all, really is all fucked. And it's just like, what's Britain? Britain now, Britain now has to like, you know, Russia, Russia's on the, you know, Nate. What's going to happen with Nate? Like, you know, <laughs> it's not very like hippieish and left wing thing to think about, but like basically like, NATO is on, you know, compared to Russia, <laughs> NATO's a good, <laughs> NATO's a good thing. Trump seems to be undermining it. Uh, I mean, look, the the now the the hyper the hyper Bernie Sanders and Jill Stein people will get to find out now whether there's any difference between Trump and a moderate Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it, it's kind of weird that now we're we're hoping because there is a kind of a fallout between Trump and the Republican Party is whether or not moderate Republicans are going to stand up against Trump. Like that's no, that's our last. No, hope. they're not. They're going to give him. They they're giving him everything that he's going to give them everything that they wanted. For years, it's undivided government. It, there's going to be Obamacare is going to be axed. Um, the Senate aren't going to be able to filibuster it properly. There's ways they can pass it. Mm. Um, I can't remember what the technical term is, but they can they can just pass it uh, by wiggling it into some budget stuff. I think. Um, so Obamacare will be gone. Trump's going to be able to appoint a young, very conservative Supreme Court justice to be able to fill um Scalia's seat mm. um he's then got four years one of the left's primary objectives now yeah not like not like organizing well it's just it's to keep the 78 year old Stephen Breyer and the 82 year old <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg alive for at least four years that's like that's a primary goal now of <laughs> you're like everyone everyone's like everyone's like are you knocking on doors in Ohio are you knocking on doors in Wisconsin I'm like no I've got I've, I've just I've I've put a few extra cushions around Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I've got her another glass of water. You're like, oh, good job, good job. You done, you done good. Because that's like that's all we need. Yeah. She's 82, which seems old to be <laughs> to be a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. And regardless of death, we're asking her to be that 
till she's at least 86. Yeah. <laughs> that seems mean. It does seem that mean. That seems mean to, to the notorious RBG, as she's known by many on the left. Um, I think they held out appointing a Supreme Court this long. And it's, and it's paid, paid off. off. It's and it's paid, paid off. off. It's absolutely incredible. It's a disgrace. It's um, yeah. It's not looking. It's not looking good. But luckily, I am a, 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 a white man who lives in Britain, so less bad for less bad for old Keels. <laughs> I've written here. There is still a hope for us. President Obama could lock himself in and pretend he's not home. Uh, <laughs> it's worked for me and my TV license, so I don't see why it shouldn't work for him and an orange blob. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, God, yeah, because he could, I mean, look, honestly, probably good chance one of Stephen Breyer or Ruth Bader Ginsburg does, I mean, touch wood not, I mean, it's, it's very distasteful to have to talk about whether someone dies, realistically, but, um, so Trump, you know, it could be a 6-3, well, a sort of five, four, six, three-ish sort of conservative majority in the Supreme Court, and that could be one that lasts for a, a generation. Yeah. Hey, do you like that Roe versus Wade? Let's see whether um, <laughs> let's see whether any uh, cases two. make let's their way to the Supreme Court challenging that. Let's get them back in the ring. It's just amazing. It's just like all this stuff that you think is sort of settled, kind of culturally. Yeah. And that just, you know, is gay marriage somehow going to be rewound? Rewound. But yeah, but like imagine like, that you like, were. Could, could VHS be imagine... making a comeback? That's that's. <laughs> this is like a genuine possibility. Beta Max, Beta Max. Like, um, you can imagine being like, no, like fuck digital. Let's bring back analog TV. That's a thing that could genuinely happen. I, I, yeah, okay. Probably more afraid of people being dragged out of their homes and sent to like death camps. But yeah, there is yeah. the possibility that's, that really. That's... Is it going to be no blacks? in the fucking NFL or something. You know, what... Go on, what can uh, it be? Segrega- segrega- is segregation about to come back? No, but it doesn't need to for things to be really shit. Um, I suppose you don't need segregation if people are being literally ripped from their homes and taken to death camps. As he did mention in the uh, third debate. Not death camps, but he did want people to be... just. Well, remember, if you're if uh, someone in your family is a terrorist, Trump has advocated, I believe, executing and or torturing you, which is what many in the business like to call a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like to call it; they have to call it a war crime. There's a, they don't they don't take pleasure in it. Um, Trump Trump lawsuits. That's one of the only things we're holding out for. Maybe the lad will go to uh, will go to um, to prison. And then, of course, if Trump Trump goes to prison, then we'll have the comparative liberal paradise of a Mike Pence presidency. <laughs> um, I've written... So uh, I have to say, on a, on a national security, on a sort of world security front, I want myself a bit of Mike Pence in, in comparison to Donald Trump. And uh, I'm sorry for all uh, all my gay friends who have effectively said that I'm okay with someone who believes in gay conversion therapy, which is probably the least good of all the therapies, I think. Um <laughs> Well, um, but conversely, though, he does believe in gay uh, conversion therapy, but also homeopathy. So hopefully, if we can mix the two together, we can still survive. <laughs> That'd be such a shame for the gay people in question if it still works on them that the power of their own, <laughs> the power of their own mental placebo, yeah, somehow. <laughs> they, um, I've written um, here. Wouldn't it be hugely ironic if it turns out that Trump wasn't even born in the USA? 
Like that would be the perfect story for 2017. It would be. I have to. I have to flag the anal point that actually it's a common misconception that you have to be born in the USA to be a president. So this is the funny thing about Obama being born in Kenya mm-hmm. that it doesn't really. If your parents were born in America, mm-hmm. the the phrase "natural born citizen" or "natural born American" or whatever it is in the Constitution, legally it's fairly clearly interpreted. So, so if you're someone, for instance, who's born, your parents are in the military, and then you're born in, you know, wherever when they're when they're on tour, you you could become president. Your parents are. So it's a, a slight common misconception. You don't have to have been born in America if your parents are. Yeah, but American I was just, citizens. I was just doing a joke, mate. <laughs> so. I know, I'm really sorry. But it's just it's really intriguing, isn't it? Because it's just one of those really funny things that birtherism became this thing. And it's like, guys, it wouldn't matter. Like yeah. Well we know we know, given Donald Trump's skin colour, that both of his parents were born in Florida. Because <laughs> notoriously they have a high uh orange they 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 bit make oranges. Um <laughs> So he's so 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 but yeah, so we're, we're one of the things we're relying on is these lawsuits, which he's got 75 lawsuits pending against him, filed before he was elected. Imagine have, having 75 lawsuits pending. Like it's like I know that the phrase "there's no smoke without fire" is a problematic, but when I see, I'm like, are there 75? Are there 75 dry ice machines or is there at least one fire here? Like, I'm pretty sure there's at least one fire. At least one, one of those dry ice machines is going to be on fire, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's got that. One of them, of course, is the Trump University lawsuit case, uh, Judge uh, Curiel, um, who was the judge that he described as Mexican, who was, of course, an American citizen who was born in Indiana um, <laughs> and who actually had to hide from drug cartels because he was a judge presiding over a trial of Mexican drug. Like, he had to go in hiding sure. from Mexican. And this is someone that Trump called Mexican. Of course, a, a moment a moment in the campaign where Paul Ryan described what Trump said as a textbook definition of a racist comment. Of course, Paul Ryan continued to support, continued to at least endorse Donald Trump. So presumably when he said a textbook definition of a racist comment, it was like, Oh, that's that's a textbook. That is absolutely textbook. Well, of course, it doesn't matter anymore because uh, they're going to be in control of all the textbooks as well. So yeah, even yeah, the racist yeah. textbooks are going to have their sort of main fr- frameworks changed. Uh, I just want to uh, raise a few other points that might not have been thought about much. Um, yeah. The first lady. So where we had first... Michelle Obama, who worked tirelessly tirelessly against childhood obesity and seem to be involved in sort of enriching the lives of young people in america is it melania trump is that her name melania trump melania i think will she be a role model for illegal immigrants maybe or will she (laughs) prioritize beauty over health will she use her newfound platform to highlight rape culture or simply invite women into her own personal philosophy of finding her special place Uh, or will she just spend four years apologizing as a, as a, I would recommend, there's a very, very funny Stephen Colbert clip on YouTube that I recommend, which is uh, a riff on Melania Trump's uh, interview that she did about two or three weeks ago in the campaign. It's a, f- a fantastic yeah. clip. I think I uh, saw I that because um, uh, Michelle Obama gave that same interview about three years ago. <laughs> and that was amazing when she talked about bullying <laughs> being one of the things she wanted to stop or go after, given who she's... 
married to um was that was that oprah winfrey just just arrived then in in the, in the lawsuit they've asked trump's lawyers have asked the judge to uh strike from the sort of trial record any um any comments that trump made on the campaign trail <laughs> um which is amusing um uh, so uh leonard cohen died today yes um, very very smart move from the lad um yeah uh, reminding us that no matter how bad this world gets, it doesn't suck as much as the eternal nothingness of death. Um, <laughs> his son revealed some lyrics he was writing before he died. I don't know if you've heard them. Uh, the world just voted, oh man, oh my, for a hairy orange scrot. Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Leonard Cohen there. Beautiful lyrics there from... One of, one of the Cohen, Cohen brothers. So <laughs> this is yeah. disappointing for, for film fans as well. I guess it was. No country for uh, burn after reading. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was already quite old, to be fair. So it was, it was, it was, it was half a country for old men. Um, so are we excited about uh, Donald Trump's uh, secret plan to deal with ISIS, which presumably he will have to be making certainly less secret to all the generals. <laughs> uh, imagine no, if it's just it's... really good. Imagine if it's just. Imagine if he just solves it. I have to imagine it's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, in a mature and in a bit of vindictive sense, I obviously want Donald Trump to be sort of a catastrophe and so all to, to, but obviously as a resident of of um, the world, yeah. Um, I obviously want, I guess, need him to be not uh, terrible. I think the, the secret plan isn't that surprising. All that's going to happen is uh, in the next week or so, ISIS will announce that, uh, given the nature of who is now about to government um there isn't much difference between them and the west anymore so <laughs> we can just unite around common hatred of the gays um although i'm not sure they'll use that term they'll just probably just right right just kill themselves in a bomb or something <laughs> yeah i mean that's a cl- <laughs> comedy um the um Let's uh, tr- in the running for Treasury Secretary. One of the people is Jeb Hensarling, and what is a lot of Jebs? Too many Jebs for my liking. Jeb isn't. <laughs> let's let's be clear. Jeb isn't a name. What's Jeb Can short just, for? Jebry. I thought. Je- uh, I think it's Jeb Jebazander. I Jebaz- think it's short for. <laughs> Notorious in the Bible or for just... um, helping Jesus when he had a sore tummy. <laughs> I know. But it turned out it was a really, a really holy sore tummy, and he'd accidentally got rid of quite a. Um... It was a holy hernia. Yeah. So Jeb Hensarling's in the running for Treasury Secretary. One of the other people is Jamie Dimon, who uh, is a J.P. Morgan, um, I think, chief exec, and he's supposed to be worth about um, half a half a billion. Uh, no, Dimon's worth a billion, which is a lot of that's a lot of money. Um, also, Jamie Dimon, I love this, is according to the Times. Widely respected in the banking industry, having survived the financial crisis and a series of damaging regulatory <laughs> investigations, it's like that's that's all that's left in banking. It's not like he's highly respected and and, and he's never even been investigated because his banking's <laughs> so above board. It's like oh, and he survived a lot of very very God. intense investigations. It's like there's no there's no more people that are wholly innocent anymore. It's just people. It's just people who manage to survive investigations. Trump's whole philosophy that he has fucked the system so knows how to fix it 
the idea of like bringing in criminals who who have broken yeah, the law yeah. many times to be the ones to work out what needs to happen. I don't. I I I'm skeptical. Is is my I guess is my general position on Trump just now. Bringing drink bringing drink drivers in to run to run speed speed awareness courses. <laughs> And just and instead of any useful advice, they're just like, oh, you need to drink this because this metabolizes quicker or doesn't yeah. show up in the all in like. The make sure you always ask for a urine sample. You can refuse <laughs> a breath test, and the urine often takes longer to to show up. So if you've just had a couple of pints, it might Define. not be in the urine yet, and you are allowed to refuse a, a breath. I'm trying to think, but yeah, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Uh, the only fear is which, it's less are a we... slippery slope more a cliff which we have just jumped well off. I don't know I don't know <laughs> see my fear is are we walking up that slippery slope or sliding down it into the pits of hell <laughs> you know it's a kind of a glass half empty glass half full kind of question it's a slippery slope isn't it slippery slope what a horrible end to the podcast is that I mean it feels like I feel I feel like it's near the end and that's uh, just uh, legally it has to be because I have to get out of here um <laughs> Legally. Legally. Um, let's just spare a moment for Jeb. Let's just all remember that Jeb Bush spent $150 million in the primaries and got uh, and got three delegates for that. Three. So that's $50 million per delegate. A snip of $50 million. Yes. Uh, remember that how many delegates was needed? About 1,000. So if only he could have spent $50 billion <laughs> in the cap. Which, like, I guess soon probably won't be an exaggeration for the amount it costs to run for, for president. I don't know. Well, that's the other thing, because the Electoral College, there's, so there was an article on some sort of BuzzFeed saying like, oh, yeah. there's still a chance, there's still a chance, like if 40 or something uh, Electoral College delegates vote against their state, which they can do, and apparently the fine is, is only $1,000. Like 2000 yeah, yeah. Which is it's like a... bizarre. Uh, but I guess it's the same as like an MP just deciding, oh, I'll, I'm a Labour MP now. Don't bring, don't bring a comparison when... <laughs> <laughs> the that that I I wanna I wanna really check that PLP slam comparison. <laughs> Were you about to do a PLP slam? No, I'm not doing. I don't, I don't have any PLP slams. I'm not even thought about the PLP. I will ask them. What does this mean for Corbyn? We've not got much time to talk about it. It's unclear. I've not. I've not. I've not liked a couple of tweets where gone. Oh, Trump can, Trump can win. That means that Corbyn could win. I'm like, well. We can discuss whether Corbyn could win another time, but I don't think anything about Trump's victory is necessarily a point in favour of Corbyn, simply because Trump's victory is such a personal brand. And I think that, you know... But No, but surely this, I, I, this is this is going to be the model for all future elections now. They've realised... Oh, maybe, but it doesn't... I don't think it bodes well for Corbyn. It doesn't necessarily not bode well for left populism corbyn is not an, a, an electrifying figure for a wider segment of the electorate in a way that love him or hate him trump was and he's had a massive but do we know tv that? show and been in the public conscience do we know that for sure i think the dynamics are really different and it's like trump's i don't know it just seems like maybe there is something given that brexit and trump have this same kind of parallel is there a possibility for the left in this to sort of work out what is going on or is it just a case that the world is in, inexorably fucked because, and this is this is a really important issue. Are we just simply just outnumbered? <laughs> is that? It? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is I think it... that's a. I think that, that might be a big. I think that might be a big part of it. And we need to change. You know, there needs to be leadership and, ch and talking to people and changing people's gay people need minds. to start adopting like really quickly because we have a whole generation now of 
uh, LGBT activists uh, who make up a lot of the left, and they're not going to reproduce. They're not so like <laughs> that future population is going to be drastically under democratic. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I I have to go. There's a good case for the left going, you know, a more radical offer perhaps. But I do think a lot of the things that Trump represents uh, are things that it's difficult for the the left to. To, 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 to get on board with. Hillary's campaign needed to be... More of an outsider campaign, and she could never do that. Or, like, this is a change. Yeah. This is a change election. Like, but was it... she... was she? I mean, I guess the equivalent would be Sherry Blair. But is she an Owen Smith? Is she a, a, a Tom Watson kind of candidate? I realise it's a really awful way to end the podcast. But... It's um, not looking good, I think, is the, I think is the thing. I don't think there are many... The podcast, there's not... Well, I mean, look, that's for the viewer to decide. I mean, the viewer, the listener, sorry. Um, and I, I mean that in the singular, obvi. Um, uh, there, there are very Marianne, few... Marianne, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> Hitch's girlfriend, just to re-clarify to, the, to, to, to Marianne. Um, the yeah. <laughs> guys, you know, stay safe. Obviously, don't... If you see any Trump Trumps in the street, don't approach. They're obviously very dangerous. Um <laughs> 11,000 people voted for Harambe. Did they? That, give, that, that gives me hope. In a oh, weird yeah. Way. Well, Harambe you would know? have been a much better that's, president, I think. That's 11,000 11, votes we can win over. <laughs> 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 if, we can only find, if we can only find some other pop culture hero. Uh, oh. You know, like a Ken Bone figure. Yes, Ken Bone, famously someone that couldn't, was an undecided voter in Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. Like, the idea... That whole Ken Bone, that whole like Ken Bone is great thing could really fuck off. <laughs> just like, just like this guy, everyone discovered his sort of quite pretty dubious Reddit comment post history, and like, yes, we need to stop trying to like dig through everyone's archive. I'm sure there's stuff I've said that I'm embarrassed about now, or whatever, uh, mm. including stuff you know just earlier in this podcast, probably. But um, uh, <laughs> in this sentence, in the la- last subcalls of this sentence, I imagine. But basically, yeah. the man was undecided between Donald Trump and any other human, and so as a result, uh, I have limited sympathy for the memification of Ken Bone. And by limited sympathy, I mean it can fuck off. <laughs> um, but yes, well, anyway, as I keep on saying, I have to go. Um, it's been lovely talking to you, Alex. Hey, it's been it's been real sweet. I do hope that we can um, uh, do this more regularly and get this going. Um, hopefully, we won't have such a major disaster to deal with every week, um, and we can actually get a couple of episodes under our belt just with like some, just like a. That we're really struggling. We're really struggling for topics. A, a small panic at a village fate. <laughs> that's a, that's the kind of topic that I can cope with. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't think I have the uh, the necessary satirical muscle to um, play whack a mole with global devastation. I think. I think basically, lads and lasses, it's going to be probably a weekly podcast. But uh, I think my mind is, I think we should do one of another one of these quite soon, maybe sooner than a week, and probably just. One more in the old Trumpy Trump and a bit more, a bit more focused because it's been slightly all over the place. Because obviously we yeah. are in what I like to call shock. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's been goodbye from me. I've uh, follow me at the Hitch 
uh, and like the Facebook page. If you, yeah, please like the Facebook page on Demagogical Box. Uh, very ominous name now. Like that Facebook page. And then Alex, you are. What are you on Twitter? I am at Alex Keeley. That is A L E X K E A L Y. If you've used uh, a vowel, the same vowel twice in my surname, you've gone wrong. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Okay, well, uh, we'll see you um, soonish. Bye! 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 Bye!